The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 288 of the podcast. Unless you're joining us live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, assuming we're not banned from one of those platforms this week. Today is Sunday, June 5th, and we are fresh off of UFC Vegas 56. We have UFC 275. On the horizon, before we get into any of that, let me introduce, fixing his hairline right now, all the way from the Garden State, Jeff, the animal, Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Sunday late evening, my friend? Later, Much later than we usually do this. Well, I am feeling pretty good. Uh, the school year for us up here in, in the north, it ends in about three weeks, Bill. So so after this week, there's two more weeks left. So I'm um, feeling pretty good. You That'll know, be kids, three. Kids, kids are antsy. I'm antsy. All right. Bill, I'm tempted to just show movies for the, for the next three weeks. But, you know, I got to follow the curriculum and whatnot. But, I, would, uh-huh. I wouldn't judge you for it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I want I want to look good for the bosses. But e- e- even though they know I'm checked out, so Bill, here's the plan: is we're finishing this one novel, and then I'm showing a movie about it, and then I may or may not be given a project. Okay, maybe I give a project and everybody passes. I don't know, I don't know. But um, but Bill, today was my mom's birthday, so happy birthday to my mom. Um, Bill, really excited. I got her this bag. Um, from actually a co-worker who's selling some bags because she's moving to another state. So she's getting rid of some stuff. So it worked out really well. Um, it was like a $200 bag and I got it for like 30 bucks. So Bill, you know me, I'm nothing if not cheap. So, um, <laughs> very thrifty, Jeff. Very thrifty. Yeah. yeah. Well, a very happy birthday to Mrs. Wilson. Um, I, I hope she had a great day. She got to uh, spend it with the grandkids, I assume. Yeah, she did. Um, so she's always happy to see them. And Bill, my sister finally did something that was of use to somebody else. She, <laughs> you know, besides birthing their children. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what'd she do? She brought in this cake, Bill. I only had one slice, but Bill, I want to marry this cake, dude. Um. Mm. It is what it was strawberry shortcake combined with tres leches. Wow, that sounds very rich, very decadent. That's why I only had one slice of this, Bill. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work, I'm gonna have to work out all summer to work this off. But, Bill, it was absolutely worth it. It was unbelievably tasty. Um, definitely don't recommend too regularly, but yeah, um, holy cannoli, dude. Um, it was awesome. It was a really good piece of cake, man. Um, I, you know, it gave me some weird dreams last night, but dude, totally worth it. Um, 
I I don't do so well with dairy anymore. So even like Uno leche would would not <laughs> would, would not go well with me. But it it does sound tasty. Maybe uh maybe it pop a few lactates and go crazy one night. Um, when I come up there, maybe you get your hands on it. Where'd she get it from? I don't know, dude. I'm too scared to ask because if I find out, Bill, I'm gonna want to eat this at least once a week. So. Something that the listeners probably aren't aware of. One of my favorite things in this life is just hearing you talk trash about your sister to me. Like whether it be via text message or when we're hanging out in person, just like ranting and raving about her. I don't know what it is, Jeff. I I mean, obviously you're funny, obviously, but otherwise I wouldn't keep you on the show for however long we've been doing this what seven years six years i don't even know anymore 288 episodes however many years that i don't know you guys do the math math is not my thing i i I learned that while doing this patio project um these past two weeks but yeah one of my favorite things in this life is 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 hearing you just shit on your sister (laughs) i just find it so funny well, Bill, it all started, uh, she's always been a pain in the ass, but um, particularly particularly the times that she was pregnant, she was an even bigger um, pain in the ass. Um, I don't Were you going to say something that rhymes with runt? Um, yeah, I guess you could call her a see you next Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> um, Bill, that's my favorite euphemism for that word. <laughs> that's um, a good one i don't know if i've heard that one yeah one of my co-workers uh told it to me ironically she she happens to be one of those most of the time mm. so um so i think it was funny that she had that uh that euphemism well but somebody yeah, bill, probably told it to her i don't i don't doubt it but yeah bill you know at the end of the day i love my sister but bill i'm gonna call a spade a spade she's a pain in the ass all right i don't think i've ever heard you say the words you love your sister until just now well, it kind of ruins it for me a little bit. Bill, I got to cover my ass in case she <laughs> listens to the podcast. <laughs> I uh I've I've never met your sister. I'm sure she's a she's a lovely person. No, she's not. Bill, um, don't even don't even well, try it. She's not. Well, you know, I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I, uh, I tried that. No. But yeah, but your siblings, it's di- like your relationship is different with her. Like She's I mean, probably nice to people who aren't her brother. I mean, if we're being honest, Bill, I don't even consider her a person, you know. Well, Mark says that the C word is acceptable in Australia, and we're mostly all Australian here. Um, yeah, so, you know, have at it. Call someone yeah. a cunt. But yeah, Bill, um, she's, she's a pain in the ass. But Bill, uh, listen, if you keep me talking about my sister, we're not going to get through the show. So, Bill, that's fine. I I would I wouldn't mind doing like a sub series all about you talking trash about your sister. I think it would be a hit. But before we go any further, Jeff, we didn't do a show last week, and I I definitely have to get this in. Of course, Memorial Day passed last week, and we all owe. a a tremendous debt Mm. those of us living here in the united states to those who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives uh for this country so that we can continue to enjoy all the freedoms that we have here since around 1776 
So a, a huge thank you to those brave men and women who have given their lives, uh, you, you know, so that we can continue to live our lives the way that we do um, and, and enjoy all the freedoms and liberties that we have. Um, and of course, on that note, it's never a bad time to thank all of the active uh, military and all of the veterans because they signed up knowing that they could have possibly made that sacrifice. So uh, thank you to everyone currently serving and everyone who has served in the past. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Um, and, and thank you for, you know, letting us do the things that we love, like talking about drinking and fighting like we do here on this show. But uh, none of this would be possible if it, if it weren't for, you know, the, the, the so many people uh, who who sign their name on the dotted line, uh, knowing the risk, taking the risk, and, uh, you know, some of them paying the ultimate price. Uh, so, of course, we had to acknowledge that. And there was no show last week. It was my fault. Uh, went away for the weekend with the family. Uh, took a little trip up north to... Um, to pick up the roof panels for this patio shelter I'm building before I get into that, Jeff. Um, I don't know if you wanted to, to, to piggyback on the Memorial day, uh, Memorial day, uh, speak there. Yeah, absolutely. A huge thank you to all military active and those who feel like you said, have paid the ultimate sacrifice. Um, you know, my parents came to this country, um, you know, over 30 years ago, and this country has been nothing but good to us, man. Um, you know, I was able to go to college. I was able to get a scholarship and stuff. You know, my dad's been able to build a life for us. And, you know, that's all because of the sacrifices of these great men and women um, throughout all history and all wars that we fought in. Um, so, Bill, you know me, dude. Um, I get really sentimental when we talk about this stuff, man. Mm -hmm. um, and I tell my students, you know, I try to tell people who listen to the podcast, I believe that we live in the greatest country in the world. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But, you know, we have it a lot better than people in other countries. You know, there's a reason my parents came over here from El Salvador. Um, so thank Is that you. where you're from? No, I'm not from there. I was born here, dude. I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm, Bill, I mean I'm your American. family. I mean, I mean your family, Jim, and I'm yeah. joking with you. Of course, I know. Of course, I know your ethnicity, sir. Um, um but Bill, um, can we can we call this its proper term? Okay, it's called a gazebo. All right, that's what you're building <laughs> that's, down there. That, that's what it's turned into. But, um, yeah, I I I wanted a red roof for this thing, Jeff, a metal roof, so that it would last a long time. Um. So I did some searching online. I found a company that produced a metal roof, but the amount of money it would have cost to ship it to me was almost as much as the roof cost. Ooh. So the roof, you know, with, with the size I needed, it was like a little under 200 bucks. It would have been like 170 bucks to ship it. So I was looking for some retailers and there happened to be one in Brooksville, Florida, which is about an hour north. Now, I could have driven up and picked up the panels and driven back and, you know, it would have been fine. I would have spent a few bucks in gas, but I, I let the wife know and I said, hey, do you want to you want to come up with me 
and uh you know we'll make a weekend of it we'll stay up there there's a uh, um most people might be familiar with with Wikiwachi springs it's called jeff have you ever heard of this well what's it called wally world yeah yeah wally world um i like i like the national lampoon's vacation reference but uh no Wikiwachi springs so it's like a natural springs and you can do kayaking there and then they have a little park um with a with a beach and you can swim in the springs and then um they do uh an underwater mermaid show there so they have these women who they dress up like mermaids and you're you sit in a theater and you can look at the water the the theater is below ground and they built you know, they put plexiglass. It's like an aquarium, but, you know, built into like the actual springs water, Jeff. You still with me, Jeff? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking for hell in a cell. Matt Temple said it's hot. He, he wasn't lying. <laughs> it wasn't lying, Bill. Well, pause it. I'm telling, trying to tell you about mermaids. I saw actual mermaids, Jeff. It was a big deal. So, uh, but huge credit to these women. They are so athletic, Jeff. It, it's it's something to behold. Much like the athletes in the WWE, uh, they they manage to stay like in the middle of the water, and they have they hold like a little hose where they can take in oxygen. But they're doing like flips and doing like a choreographed dance routine, and and telling a story and all this stuff. It's it's super impressive. And my daughter's really into mermaids. So for her, for a four-year-old, um, this, this blew her mind that, you know, she saw like a real mermaid you know, she doesn't know it's like a person in a costume, but anyway, um, we went and, and spent a few nights up in Brooksville. I picked up the roof panels and, um, you know, came back home. But then I got to work on the gazebo, as you're calling it, Jeff, which uh, I, I I do like that title. It's very endearing. Um, and uh, shout out to my buddy Ryan, who happens to be on the broadcast right now, Cooks Auto World. Make sure you subscribe to his YouTube. Follow him on Instagram if you want some good uh, mechanic auto body tips. Um, he... Uh, he was gracious enough to yeah, take me to Lowe's with, in his truck so I could get the lumber to build this patio cover. Um, and also shout out to Matt Temple, uh, who <laughs> is trying to distract you from the show with WWE. It's and he's working, letting, though. And he's I mean, letting Seth, you know. Seth that, Rollins is making his way to the ring right now. I don't know who Seth Rollins is. I don't really he, give a shit either. No, he's the architect, which is what you're being for this gazebo. So you got something in common. Well, he plays an architect on TV. I think I'm more of an architect than he is at this point because I've actually built a structure. Yeah, but how many WWE titles have you won, Bill? Come on. Yeah, but that's just the pretend thing. Like, Yeah, I guess. I mean, he's covered in polka dots right like, now. I don't even care for this. My, my daughter did an art class for the last four days and they gave her like a gold medal at the end of it i i equate that as pretty much the same thing <laughs> yeah but bill she's actually been helping with the gazebo so yeah she has um she's been 
you know, she'll come out and I'll set up a little table for her and she'll paint some two by fours with her acrylic paint. Um, but where was I? Oh yeah. Uh, you're going to Lowe's. Yeah. I went My to Lord. Lowe's with Ryan and Ryan helped me set up the frame and uh shout out to Ryan's uncle as well, who gave us some great tips on, uh, on setting up the frame and, and anchoring the structure. He's a carpenter. So you know, I, I'm pooling knowledge from from a bunch of different areas to get this thing done. And then my buddy Matt came over um, yesterday and today to help me get the roof going. And um, it was a little tricky at first. We we had a feeling out process with it, but then, you know, we kind of got in a groove with it. Um, Matt's wife, Stacy, uh, brought their dog, Darce, over, who you know, was chasing Ariana around the backyard and tiring her out. So um, that's a huge help too. to anything that can keep the kiddo distracted. Uh, you know, while I could throw a few bolts in this thing uh, is definitely a huge help. Um, so those two guys uh, del definitely helped me uh, get this project along. And, and of course, you know, I feel like I'm accepting an Academy Award right now. Uh, <laughs> I just <laughs> I just built a patio cover for my grills. But of course, my beautiful wife, um, you know, for taking the brunt of the toddler rage this weekend. Uh, so I could put in some hours on this thing. I started at like 930 a.m. yesterday, Jeff, and I didn't put the drill down until um, maybe 1030 at night. Um, few breaks that throw some food down my throat, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's been a really fun project and there was nothing online that was like exactly what I wanted to do. So I kind of had to figure it out on my own without using any plans. I should probably should have contacted that guy, Art Vandalay, who's used to, uh, co-host the show with me. I understand he's an art architect of some sort. But um, did it on my own, and um, I got to say, it's coming out pretty cool. Uh, I'll post some photos on social media for those of you who give a shit. And for those of you who don't, I guess uh, we get into some fight talk. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, Bill, I can't wait for that thing to be finished. As soon as it's finished, I'm going to fly down there so we can break this thing in. Well, All it's right? going to be finished like tomorrow. All right, well, you don't have to rush me, but I can be there in July. It's fine. <laughs> you said as soon as it finished, you're gonna fly down here. But I am, uh, I am coming up to New York on Wednesday, uh, staying for a long weekend. My my little niece Emily is turning one year old. Uh, I I can't believe how quickly it's flown by. She's almost walking. She's talking a little bit at this point. Um, uh, I'm a very proud uncle, Jeff, and. Uh, It'll be it'll be fun celebrating her very first birthday. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, you and I can link up uh, while I'm in the area. Uh, maybe grab an adult beverage. Um, but yeah, let's talk about this fight card because it it was it was pretty great. <laughs> like it was a lot of finishes. Yeah. Uh, UFC Vegas 56. UFC Fight Night 207, depending on how you're keeping track. So, the main event was great until it was over. Like, I I just felt like it was, like, kind of an anticlimactic. I don't want to say it was an early stoppage, 
but it just felt like Rosenstrike was still standing and he was like, Hey, what's going on? Like I'm, I was still in this and I don't know. How did you feel about the stoppage in this one, Jeff? Um, hmm. I had mixed feelings about it mm-hmm. um, because yes, I felt like it was an early stoppage, but at the same time, I felt like maybe uh, I think I forgot who the ref was. It might have been Herb Dean, but um, it was Herb Dean. Yeah, I felt like Herb Dean could have let it go just a little bit more, but I didn't see Rosenstrike really getting out of that. Yeah, um, like you kind of saw where it was going. Like it, like Volkov was gonna finish him, right? But like he didn't quite finish him. It was like that. Remind me of that movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise. I don't know if you remember this movie. It was from like the late 1990s or the early 2000s. Do you remember this movie, Jeff? No. So the concept of the movie was, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. Basically, they would get a report that that would tell the future that someone was going to commit a crime and then they could arrest them for that crime even though they didn't commit it yet. It was like a preemptive arrest. And then there wound up like somebody wound up hacking the the system or whatever. And, um, it, and I don't know, you got to go back and watch the movie, but it kind of reminded me of that. It's like, they kind of like awarded the victory for Volkov before he was really there. I, I don't know. This, this is a, this is an out in left field kind of, analogy here but do you see what i'm saying no no i totally understand um and you know you definitely have to have watched the fight to kind of understand what me and bill are talking about but dude um at the same time i felt like it wasn't a bad stoppage because I'm, I'm on the fence about this just because yeah. dude rosenstrike's mouthpiece flew out of his mouth right before uh right after that first like really solid uh yeah. punch that dropped him and he was almost like turning around to pick it up. And then when he looked up from like trying to find his mouthpiece, he's like, what do you mean the fight's over? But like he was he was rocked pretty bad. And right. he had rocked Volkov before that. Like it was a good back and forth. Um, and then but it was just kind of like, I don't know. It left a sour taste for me. And just for context. I started since this card started early. I started watching it the co-main event. Then I watched. I could watch the co-main and the main event, and then I went back. I thought I was starting at the main card, but I was starting at the prelims. And I watched the prelims up until like two fights into the main card, and then I missed the middle of the main card. And then I had to go back and like when I realized I missed those fights in my quote-unquote preparation for the show. Uh, <laughs> which is usually just me pouring a drink and looking at the looking at the fight card, trying to remember what happened. That's my that's my fucking research. <laughs> that I do that to, not to break down the fourth wall for you wrestling fans, but that's <laughs> that's how this show goes. Yeah, like, show what am I going to drink? And do I remember any of these fights? That's <laughs> that's pretty much the extent of it. Um, I so I had to go back and watch a couple in the middle there, but. Um, yeah, anything else on this main event? I, I feel like Volkov's interview kind of made it fall flat as well. Dude, I, I turned it off as soon as the as soon as the fight was over. Yeah, you um, didn't you didn't miss anything. 
it was like he was like i'm just ready for anybody and i'm gonna stay ready and you know maybe september i don't know october out of maybe london i don't know whatever you want it's like all right dude it's like it's like asking my wife where she wants to go for dinner you know bill you're not the first and you're not the last man who's never gonna get that question answered but (laughs) but bill um, like you Mark said, said it, it was like it was like sex with a super hot girl, but you ejaculate too quickly. So I've heard. Hmm. Uh, I can't relate, Mark. Um, <laughs> so uh, the co-main event w- was uh, interesting. So Bonsar Ivlov and Dan Ige. So when I saw this fight on paper. And if I had done a breakdown last week, here's what I would have said, Jeff. If Danny Gay is going to win this fight, he has to get started early because he tends to be a slow starter. He comes on later in the fight. He's kind of built for five rounds. Like he's mm. just one of those guys who does better in a five round fight. Like he gets better. He's got a crazy gas tank. Um, so I, I thought that was the key to success for him. He did come out hot. He did get started quick, but then Ivluev kind of drowned him after that. You know, Ige looked good. He was landing some some big shots in that first round. He was defending the takedowns well. When he did get taken down, he was getting back up. But then he caught a couple of shots that bloodied him up, and then it was kind of downhill from there, and it was the it was the Mavzar Ivluev show from there on out. Yeah, give me your thoughts, Chip. Yeah, um, Evil have definitely shut him down with the grappling, dude. And um, especially, I felt like the grappling in the first round kind of just left Danny Gay a little tired, and he just couldn't get out of, like, second or third gear for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like you said, man, uh, the punishment on the feet was wearing on him too, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, it just wasn't Danny Gay's night, man. But uh, definitely a tough fight for sure. Uh, for Evloev, you know, I felt like, yeah, he won, but I think, I think he kind of got a real taste of the UFC last night. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, he, he fought one of the top guys in the division right now. And, um, I think it's just grappling is just a different kind of cardio, man. Like you could tell Ige was prepared. You could tell he was ready for those positions, like having a guy on his back and it, and and taking him down like he was doing all the right things he was technically sound um he did a great job getting back to his feet but it's just when when you don't have that kind of grappling background where you have the muscle memory and your muscles know how to breathe properly in those moments it's just so easy to get worn out against somebody who does have that um, and, and that's what we saw here. And I, I was impressed with the striking of Evil Web too. It was like sneaky good, you know. It was like it didn't look like he was doing much, but then you look at Ige's face and it's like, holy shit, this guy looks like a, a crime scene. Um, yeah, dude, he had a nasty cut. I want to say it was the left eye at the end of that first round, dude. I was like, oh, like I, I just didn't expect it. Mm-hmm. Um, Lucas Almeida TKO over Mike Trezano. I actually 
didn't catch this fight and I didn't uh I didn't watch the highlight when I was just researching. So can you fill me in, Jeff? Bill, um I I have to go back and rewatch this one as well because I was like reading at the same time that I was doing this. Usually my, my attention is undivided, but um I, I had to read for a couple of things yesterday uh for work. But um Bill, it was looking pretty good for Michael Trezano. <clears throat> you know, maybe, maybe I'm not remembering this right, but um, Trezano was in the fight, all right, especially on the feet. Um, Almeida's grappling was pretty good, <clears throat> but on the feet, which most of this fight was on the feet, I had it for Trezano. I actually had going into the third round, I actually had Trezano up by a round. Um, so, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I had it like, I, I would say I had probably the second round for Trezano. But, dude, um, Almeida just came in in that third round towards the end and just mm. hit him with, uh, oh, man, I can't even remember, dude. I don't know why I can't remember. Um, well, it sounds like we're both going to have to go back and watch this one. But, Bill, I do remember enjoying this fight. But uh, Well, that's enough for me to want to go back and watch it again. Or yeah, I was, watch it I'll for the first time. You, I'll be honest with you, though. I was surprised uh, that Trezano got knocked out, man. I felt like he was just fighting well, and he got caught in that third round. I feel like I thought I watched this fight because I always confused Trezano with Joe Selecki because they were on the same season of The Ultimate Fighter, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and I don't even remember which one of them won because I always confused them. So let's just move on. Uh, Kareen Silva, uh, who has some nasty submission wins under her belt. She had that that really nice guillotine on Dana White's Contender Series. I don't know if you recall, Jeff. Um, and and she had this nice Darce choke finish over Pollyanna Botello with five seconds left in the first round. But, man, she had this thing in so tight, and Pollyanna had to tap with like the back of her hand because the way she had it locked up where she had the leg trapped and, and Botello was like her neck was bent in half and she was, she was, she was like a mummified, like looking T-Rex in there, like just all crunched up, very uncomfortable. Um, it, it was a nice submission. Give me your thoughts, Jeff. Yeah, dude. Um, this submission was nasty, Bill. And you know, we caught the highlight of this just to refresh our memories. But dude, um, Botelio, after she got up, man, Botelio took a sec. She kind of had to like drag herself along the mat and then get up slowly, dude. Mm. Um, I I I still think that she tapped right before she was gonna go out, man. Like the she needed a sec to kind of get her bearings after that man uh so i think that kareem silva choke was tight man yeah dude she looked like the walking dead after that choke came up like she was just coming back to life like just being reanimated she was like ah, i'm just remembering how to be a human being again i got that kind of vibe from it um Ode osborne uh with a nasty first round knockout over Zarug Adashev. Um, it, he was kind of like gliding backwards and throwing shots at the same time. And he dropped him, and Adashev had that oh shit look on his face. 
And then Ode Osborne, man, he's got that killer instinct. He's got that like Vanderlei Silva axe murderer days killer instinct. He jumped on him, put this man unconscious. Yeah. Like you could argue it could have been stopped when he got dropped, but Ode Osborne was like, no, I'm not done with you yet, dude. Uh, jumped on a Dashev and and just put his lights out uh, before Keith Peterson was able to get in there. Um, and uh, Mark actually answered a question I was just asking myself and I was going to research, but uh, luckily he always has this information handy. Performance of the night was Kareem Silva and O'Day Osborne, and the fight of the night was Almeida and Trezano, so... I definitely need to go back and watch that one. But uh, give me your thoughts on this O'Day Osborne knockout, Jeff. Dude, uh, it was so smooth, man. The way he came back, you know, as he's backing up, able to land that overhand right and catch Adeshev on the way in. And then, dude, as soon as he's on the floor, he's unleashing this mean ground and pound. And like you said, Bill, we saw Adeshev go limp right before the ref pulled him off. Uh-huh. Um Dude, Osborne's got some power, man, which, Bill, cannot be said about a many flyweights. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And what was what was extra impressive about that overhand right is he was in the southpaw sand, so it was a lead overhand right, mm. which is, is much more difficult to get as much power on it because you, you don't have as much kinetic linking coming from that back leg, like pushing up into the fist um so the fact that he was able to put him down with a lead hand like that was super impressive like he's he's clearly got dynamite in his hands uh looking forward to seeing that guy fight again um probably the most violent finish of the night um was alonzo menafield over askar mazarov uh this was a strange fight just the build up to it because Mazarov, I guess, had some weird shit going on where his record kept changing on tapology. I guess they kept finding out like he had lost more fights than his management team said. Like basically, I guess he lied his way into the UFC, but like whatever. If you want to lie on your resume and still stand in front of Alonzo Menafield, like I still respect you to a degree like, <laughs> okay, you lied to get here, but now good luck to you because he just got, he got Gary Goodridge. He got put in, <laughs> put in that crucifix and took those elbows to the dome until his brain shut off. Um, give me your thoughts on this one, Jeff. I don't know if you have thoughts on like the, the lying about the record or any of that, but uh, mostly I want to hear about your reaction to the, the fight dude i don't know how you can lie about you know your mma record you know when you know every there's so much stuff on the internet so you know i'm sure that there's like videos of, of some of his fights and stuff so but anyway that's beside the point dude alonzo menafield made him look like he had no business being in there man um lands the takedown uh it looks like mazarov like yelled something at him and in that second Menafield bull rushed him, takes him down with basically a power double, I guess you could call it. 
Um, you know, I it's more like a football tackle, I guess. But dude, um, once Menafield, yeah, got- yeah, I wouldn't call it a double just because he had to. He he had the body lock. He kind of like drove into the body lock. His his hands were locked above the waist, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't call it a double because his hands weren't under the hips. But yeah, similar to a blast double, like the same sort of motion, but he just had the body lock um, above the, above the hips. That's the only difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I wouldn't even call it like a wrestling takedown. It kind of just exploded into him. Um, But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) oh man, Bill, we're not that type of show, man. (laughs) Yes, we are. (laughs) But anyway, dude, um, you know, he, he finished him faster than, than when you, uh, what, what was it that, uh, uh that... this is going down in dark. <laughs> We're heading down a slippery slope, Jeff. Don't oh, tell man. me about how he finished him after he exploded into him. Uh... <laughs> oh man. It was just, oh man. I mean, once he got that crucifix position, it was over immediately man what's it, i built that that's the thing with the crucifix it's like when you can separate somebody's arms from each other i i think it's basically game over it's like that you know in jujitsu as well once you can separate you know the shoulders and they can't um uh you know they can't kind of reach the other shoulder um bill we finished him faster than than the example that mark fellows gave us <laughs> you know when being with a hot chick and you, and you finish too quickly yeah. That's basically what happened, dude. That was that was uh that was Masarov's uh debut here, man. Yeah. It was like Jason Biggs in American Pie. You've seen American Pie, right, Jeff? Uh yeah, of course. Of course I have. Are you I've lying? Been... Have you not oh, seen what? American Pie? Bill, I'm not as as Gar Masarov. I've seen American Pie. Oh, okay. You think I'd lie to you just to get on the show? Come on. Because <laughs> if you haven't, then that's a problem. Then we definitely need to link up this weekend and watch American Pie. Uh, yeah, we could rewatch American Pie. That's area I've seen it already. Sure, you've never seen American Pie. What? I didn't say that. I know, but you said it without saying it. Huh? What, Bill? Um, speaking of American Pie, Bill Felice Herring, Jeff. Five no, 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 we can't. Breeze over this. You've never seen American fucking pie? No, I've always wanted to, but I've never watched it. Oh my god, there's four of them, or maybe there's five. I'm obsessed with these movies. They are so hilarious. Um, it, it it's just like your high school, like kind of formative years, and then they do one where they all reunite from college, and then they do one where they're all getting married. And then I think they did another one where, like, they have kids or something, but none of the main actors. Yeah, you don't know about Stifler's mom? Uh, I remember Stifler, but. So, you you know the term MILF, correct? Of course, Bill, I'm human. So, this term derived from American Pie. Oh, really? Yeah, that's where the saying started. And that's where it became like a staple saying because of stifler's mom she was the original milf i thought Jeff, stacy's you, mom was the original milf uh, no american pie was first 
and then Stacy's mom came out. But what was that band? They were like a one-hit wonder, right? Uh, Fountains of Wind. Oh yeah, Stacy's mom has got it going on. Classic. That was a good song. It's a classic, and it reminds me of my friend's mom. But <laughs> it's not my fault. She's hot, Bill. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a popular search term on some websites. Um, let's get back to the fights. But Jeff, you and I, 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 I want, I want to watch American Pie with you. Like I, I want to see you experience it for the first time in all its glory. All right, but we're not watching it in front of the kids, Bill. <sighs> yeah, no, not not till she's like six. <laughs> anyway, uh, Carolina Kovalkiewicz gets back on the winning column uh, with a rear naked choke victory over Felice Herrig in the second round. Um, she looked good, Jeff. I mean, you know, I've I've always been a fan of Carolina. I think it's just because she's just like such a sweet, endearing person. Like she seems so innocent. I want to like take her for ice cream or something. Yeah. yeah she's your classic girl next door. Um, yeah. But even like. It, it, there, there's no, there's nothing like romantic about it. Like, I think she's just like a sweet girl, you know? Um, but yeah, she, she looked, she looked like she's worked some things out and, um, Finish Felice Herrig, uh, forced her into retirement. Uh, so give me your thoughts on this one. Well, I think Felice Herrig should have retired, whether she won or lost this fight, dude. Um, I'll be honest with you. I forgot she even existed as a person. Um, she's been super hot and cold. Like, Karolina Kovokovic, yeah, she's got five losses in a row, but she's been around. You know what I mean? Like, she's been active. Uh -huh. um, I forgot Felice Herrig was even on the roster. Uh, so this fight, I'll be honest with you, Bill. I didn't see the fight card before, um, before I actually watched, uh, you know, the fights. Mm -hmm. So I, this this fight totally took me by surprise. I had no idea that these two were fighting each other. Uh, yeah. It wasn't a bad fight. Uh, I felt like this was. Oh, this was actually a rematch. I didn't and look that. who her last win was. It was against Felice Harry. Yeah. Oh man, this was a. Uh, Bill, this was this was a lump buster. Uh, I'm sorry, a hump buster. Slump uh, buster. Yeah, thank you, slump busters. Jeff, up. I'm the one that's drinking here. Come on. I know, but I'm tired. Um, plus, <laughs> I had all that. I had that <laughs> super massive slice of cake. Well, it wasn't a big piece, but it was just like really filling, and it made me sleepy. Dude, but, it made me sleepy just hearing you talk about it, but it oh, sounded dude. really good. Oh, so good, dude. Um, actually. Dude, if we can link up this weekend, I'll, I'll bring a slice. But, Bill, there's been a monkey wrench thrown into the works here. I got to do something Saturday. I I didn't have to do it before, but now I found out that I got to do it. Um, but anyway. Yeah, um, you have to watch American Pie with me. Uh, but anyway, Bill, um, this fight wasn't bad. I felt like this was definitely a slump buster fight for Karolina uh, Kovokovic. Um, you know, I, I'm a fan of both of these two. But, you know, I'm really happy Kovokovic got the win. And Felice Harry, I think she's needed to retire for a while, man. I just, I don't think she's UFC caliber, unfortunately. Uh, I know, 
I hate to sound mean, but she she's I mean just... it's it's four losses in a row. But before that, she had four wins in a row and in a fairly new division, this 125 pound division. Or no, she's 115. Never mind. Uh Yeah, so her last win was 2017, and it was a, sp- a split decision. And well, it, I had and a she, different job and different car in 2017. She's been fairly inactive. I, I'm just realizing now she, the last time she fought was almost a, two years ago, August 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess she's having success like selling pictures of her feet on the internet and... Um, you know, that's her thing now. So she doesn't need to fight anymore. And good for her. Like, I would rather sell pictures of my feet than fight in a cage <laughs> if I was making more money. I don't think anybody would buy them. So I don't know if that's an option for me. But you don't know what people are into. That's true. I'm sure, I'm sure there are tons of people who'd love your feet. You know, I have been told that for a man, I have pretty cute feet. <laughs> oh, man. And I got told that by a former boss of mine in college who was a female by the way she was like you know you have really pretty feet for a man and it was like <laughs> one of the most awkward comments uh, compliments I've ever received in my life yeah but uh, I feel awkward now just hearing about it yeah it stuck <laughs> with me it stuck with me it's gonna so, stick with me that's for sure I mean Wait till you see the advertisements for my OnlyFans. (laughs) (laughs) You know, while we're watching American Pie together. Um, Yeah, so that was that. Felice Herrig retired, 37 years old. That's probably about the time to throw in the towel. She's the same age as me, I think. Yeah, but you can still have kids, Bill. It's different. I think she waited too long to retire. Oh. So being a mom might be off the table for her. Perhaps. And here's the fight I confused with uh, Trezano. Joe Selecki, uh, majority decision over uh, Alex Coelho. So one judge had this score to draw. It, it was an interesting fight because... Coelho, to me, was the more explosive, more dangerous fighter throughout the fight. Mm -hmm. And Selecki just kind of held him at bay with experience. That was my take on this fight. Uh, How how did you see it go down? Well, I felt like Selecki's grappling got the job done in the first two rounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like Coelho really didn't turn it up until like the third round and we saw him get a little bit more aggressive a little bit more explosive um, I gave the, f- the third round to Coelho mm-hmm. um, and he was a little bit shocked at the end when they announced the winner but I, I really felt like Selecki did enough in the first two rounds to win the whole fight yeah I, I thought he did enough as well but the feeling I got was that Coelho at any point could have ended the fight mm. but I didn't get that Feel from Selecki, even though he was controlling the fight, and it was kind of a weird phenomenon in that sense. Like 
I thought Selecki was doing better, but I thought Coelho was the better athlete in there. And and he probably could have done something at, like he was so explosive and so uh, like unpredictable, but Selecki was kind of like you know weathering the storm and controlling the fight, but just kind of like also surviving. But I do think he won the fight, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I, I might have to go back and rewatch this one, but um. Definitely, definitely a tough one to call, man. Yeah, well, I'm, while I'm watching, I'm like, oh, Selecki's controlling the action, but like, damn, it looks like he's in trouble at the same time. It was, it was weird, but I, I think the decision went the right way. Uh, Damon Jackson, unanimous decision over Dan Argueta. Um, this was kind of like the grizzled old dude, just you know, controlling the young guy. Um, he got to his back a bunch of times, um, just controlled him on the ground, uh, and, and just pulled his veteran card here. What do you think, kid? Yeah. Um, and also Damon Jackson was huge standing in front of, uh, Dan Argetto, man. Mm -hmm. It looked, it looked like they were one or two weight classes apart to me. Yeah. It surprises me that, that Damon Jackson is a featherweight. Yeah. Like he the dude looked. He looks like a welterweight. Yeah, he was not 145 <laughs> when he walked into that cage on Saturday, no, dude. Not even close. Uh, Benoit Saint-Denis uh, submission over Nicholas Stolza. Uh, Stolza hung in there for a while, and you and I rewatched this together right before the show. And at first, it looked like Saint Denis wasn't under the chin, but then you see Stolza kind of pop his chin out so that Saint Denis can slide the arm under. But uh, Saint Denis is nasty, man, in this in this lightweight division. He's super tough, which comes from his uh, his military background. He was like in the special forces in France. That's like. I guess the equivalent of the Navy SEALs or the Green Berets or something over here. And or like the Coast Guard or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably probably like a lifeguard at a country club. Um. <laughs> I mean, France doesn't win a lot of wars. So, yeah. yeah. And their record is not good. It's not as good as St. Denis' record in the UFC. Uh, <laughs> I mean... You know, they helped us out in the Revolutionary War, so I guess there's yeah, that. Yeah, they get helped the, them out in two world wars, Bill, so really. They, yeah, so we have, you, you know, in the same wars, we have two Ws, and they have, like, one assist. So it's not really comparable. But um, in any case, like, apparently a lot of people quit from this military program that he was involved in. And uh, mm. it shows, man, he's, he's got like another level of toughness in there. Uh, he's nasty on the ground. He's like relentless, constantly going for stuff. If he gets on your back, you're in trouble. Um, so Stolza kind of pops his chin out. And then it's always a sign when they're not fighting the hands anymore, because the way you get out of a rear naked choke is you pull the hands down two on one everybody learns this like your first week of jujitsu it's what you do 
unless you're looking to get out of there. And no judgment uh, on Stolza here, but, you know, he could kind of tell he was outmatched, and he was like, oh, no, you almost got my chin, and there it is. And, and then it was over. And, you know, there's no shame. Live to fight another day. But that's how I saw it. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, dude, all joking aside, Benoit Saint-Denis is one tough SOB, man. Um, <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> the way that the that the fight ended, that's how the first round ended, with uh, Saint-Denis um, on Stoltz's neck. All right, and like you said, dude, Saint-Denis, he's like a pit bull in there, man. He's aggressive. He keeps going for things. He's chomping at the bit. Um Listen, he he is he's got that wrestler mentality where he's just mm-hmm. gonna keep driving forward. Um, you know, that military mentality where you know he's gonna get the job done. So huge credit to him. And like you said, Bill, he broke Holtzit. And I think he broke him in that first round. Um, you know, the way that the first round ended was basically how the fight ended. I think maybe five more seconds at the end of the first round, and Stoltz would have tapped at the end of the first round. Yeah. Uh, Tony Gravely, first round knockout, first minute over Johnny Munoz. Uh, this was nasty. It was a short little uppercut. Um, you know, when it initially happened, Chris Tognoni's back was kind of covering the action. So the angle we had, you couldn't see what the shot was. And then they showed a few different angles. You could see it was a short little uppercut. It landed super low because Munoz was kind of, changing levels at the time and because he lowered his level he brought his face right into that punch which always makes it worse give me your thoughts joe yeah dude just a short nasty uppercut catching muñoz on his way in that's what dropped him and then as soon as muñoz hit the ground tony gravely just finished the job with uh with some really nasty uh, hammer fists but dude uh this fight for the for the one minute that it lasted super explosive <laughs> super intense uh it was a really fun fight to watch yeah it was uh jeff molina split decision over zalgas zumagulov uh this was a weird decision and i i can't say it necessarily went the wrong way but the third judge had it 30-27 for Jeff Molina. And to me, that was just way off. Like, it was a close fight. And if either of them had a 30-27, it was Zuma Gulov. Like, even, even Molina, when he heard the scores being read and he heard 30-27, he started to walk away like, oh, fuck, not my day today. And then they announced him as the winner. So... That was the one point of contention I had with this one. Like, I, I'm not mad that Molina won, but it was not a 30-27 performance, especially when Zumagulov had, I think, five-plus minutes of clinch control in this fight. Like, he was really utilizing the clinch. Uh, give me your thoughts on this one, Jeff. Yeah, dude. Um, I felt like this one was pretty back and forth. Um, I don't think that uh, Zuma Gulov necessarily got robbed, but like you said, it was definitely a close fight. Uh, definitely tough to call, but I wouldn't have given, uh, honestly, I wouldn't have given either one 30 27. I kind of felt like it was two rounds one way, 
and one round the other way, uh, right. depending on on you know which rounds you're looking at. Because I felt like Jeff Molina was off to a really tough start, um, but I felt like he was able to kind of claw his way back and get the win. Um, and like I said, I felt like Molina did enough to win the fight. Um, but if it had gone the other way, I wouldn't have felt that it was a robbery. Yeah. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube or Facebook or wherever there's video, Spotify, maybe, I don't know if we're, we have video on Spotify yet, but, um, the picture of Zuma Gulov that they always use on Sherdog, he looks like, he looks like he's in like a family reunion photo of like a girl that he's been dating for six months and he doesn't really want to be there. And, and they're like, Hey, Zalgas, you got to be in this picture. And he's like, eh. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. How would you describe this photo of him here, Jeff? This does not look like, eh. all right. Look like a fighter. Like they definitely didn't say that before they took this picture. Like, how do you describe this? Well, I got this one buddy. Um, he just got married a couple of years ago, and his wife always looks like she'd rather be somewhere else. In pictures? Yeah. Actually, just, like, in general. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about this picture. Of I mean, do you think she would rather be somewhere else? Um, no, but I would be okay if she were somewhere else instead of like around us all the time. And, and meanwhile, the, the photo they use of Andreas Michaelidis, he's just like not even looking the right way. Yeah, they it's a him, side profile. Yeah. He's like, hey, what's going on over here? <laughs> like, I, I, I love the photos that Sherdog chooses to use and like they never update them either. So, like, certain fighters have terrible photos, and they're always there. And it kind of entertains me, Jeff. But um, this fight didn't entertain me. Renat um, Fakradinov, unanimous decision over Andreas Mikolidis. I, I don't – I know I watched this fight, but I don't remember watching it. Uh, I know that I didn't watch it. <laughs> Well, let's move on then. Aaron Blanchfield, uh, guillotine choke over J.J. Aldridge. You and I watched this one together uh, right before the show. This was one of those high elbow guillotines, one of those Marcelo Garcia guillotines. It was just so tight, so nasty. And Aaron Blanchfield is very young, I believe. I mean, she looks like she's 17 in that picture. She's 23. Which so she might as well be seventeen, and she's on a six-fight win streak. She fought in Invicta several times, three wins in the UFC. This was her first finish in the UFC over JJ Aldrich, who, you know, has been around for a bit. But yeah, that's uh, a tough customer. This uh, this I'm curious how old JJ Aldrich is. 29. Okay. Yeah, I feel like she's been around for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, this this guillotine was just perfectly executed. Um, you know, she had the high elbow. Uh, there, there was no way out. It was a standing guillotine. 
Uh, give me your thoughts, Jeff. Yeah, dude, and she had her right. She had Aldrich right up against the cage too. There was no escape from that guillotine, and Aldrich tapped right away. Um, yeah, it was just nasty, dude. Really good. I think that's a big feather in Blanchfield's hat, man. JJ Aldrich, she is. Uh, she can be hot or cold as well in the UFC, but she is a tough customer for sure. Yeah. Uh, anything else on this card before we wrap it up? It was good. A lot of nice finishes. Um, kind of ended on a dud, I guess. But um, I I thought it was an entertaining card overall. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a good card. Uh, let's take a look at next week. Um, uh, maybe you and I will be able to watch this together after we watch American Pie. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be in Singapore. So UFC 275, Glover Teixeira putting his light heavyweight championship on the line against Yuri Prohaska. And I got to feel like a lot of people are counting Glover out of this one, Jeff. Oh, yeah, I'm absolutely counting him out on this one. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, dude, you know what it is? I watched the UFC countdown episode for this, and Yuri Prohashka's just so cool. He's like a samurai living in modern times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm I a big fan of Yuri Prohashka. I've been high on him for a while. <clears throat> if you look at Glover Teixeira's record, though, Carl, Carl Robertson, Probably everyone countered him out of that one. Ivan Kutalaba. Definitely everyone countered him out of that one. Nikita Krylov. Most people countered him out of that one. And that was a close fight. Anthony Smith. Most people countered him out of that one. And he was losing a lot of that fight badly. Until he came back and beat the teeth out of Anthony Smith's face um like literally knocked his teeth out of his mouth tiago santos everyone was counting him out rear naked choke Jan Blahovich for the title nobody thought glover was gonna win 42 years old which you know, if you're in Bellator and you're a heavyweight, this is when you start your career. But we're talking about the UFC light heavyweight division that has been dominated by John Jones for who knows how long. Submits Jan Blahovich. If you look at his last six wins, he had to be the underdog in every one of these, Jeff. And he finished five of them. Yeah. Glover Teixeira is a bad motherfucker. And I've known this about him for a long time. My first jiu-jitsu coach, I won't say his name on here, but he was a brown belt who trained with Glover Teixeira. And he told me, when Glover was getting ready to fight John Jones, he told me, Glover is a real black belt. You know, a lot of these guys in the UFC are like paper black belts in jiu-jitsu. They get their black belt just because, you know, you get a submission in the UFC or whatever. You, you got to be a black belt. 
He told me Glover is a legitimate Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. He's going to submit John Jones. And I'm not a betting man, but he had me so convinced at the time. If I were a betting man, I probably would have put money on it. It didn't happen, obviously. He lost to John Jones, but... Based on all of this, I have a hard time counting Glover Teixeira out. I don't see a way he wins his fight. But I have a hard time counting him out. Are you with me on that, Jeff? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the body of work, and it's it's hard to, to count him out after looking at his last six fights. Because he was the underdog in all six of those. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Thank you. Like, I don't look hear at- that. I don't hear that very often. Well, that's because you're married, Bill. But, <laughs> but, but, like, looking back, I, I think I it's remember... It's because I don't know if I won't learn or I can't learn. <laughs> but, Bill, no, I feel like you're right because I I remember going into those fights thinking, I don't think Glover's got it. And I yeah. think I've been feeling that way because of his loss to John Jones. But John Jones makes everybody look bad. I mean, look at DC, one of the greatest heavyweight champions in the UFC and um, what was the, the other promotion? Um, can't remember the name of it. The one that the UFC bought. Um, strike Force. Thank you, Strike Force. So, a great Strike Force heavyweight champion. Uh, a UFC light heavyweight champion whose only loss at light heavyweight was to John Jones, I think. Mm-hmm. Our only loss is. No, one of them was overturned. So, uh, but anyway, the point is, the, um, the, when I see this fight on paper, the way I see it going is Yuri Prohaska blows through a forty-two-year-old Glover Teixeira with no problem, right? But then, when I think about what Glover Teixeira has done, and he has been a main sparring partner of Chuck Liddell. Uh, since back in Chuck Liddell's glory days. And and seeing what he has done as the underdog in his last six fights. First of all, if this fight goes to the ground, Yuri's in trouble. Oh, absolutely. And Glover's a good wrestler. Yeah. He's good. Like, he can get people down that a lot of people can't get down. And he's dangerous on top. If he can take Yuri Prohaska down, like, Yuri has a lot of holes in his game. But where he's strong, which is in the striking, he's really fucking strong. Like... That knockout, his knockout of Dominic Reyes might be, it, it, it's one of my top five knockouts of all time. He's just so explosive. He's so unpredictable. He's so strong. He's so weird. Like he throws things weird and that's hard to deal with. But he's got so many holes. I am so intrigued by this matchup, Jeff. And the more I talk about it, the more intrigued I am by it. Uh, where are you on this? All right, what are Bill, you leaning you, towards? 
you've started to sway my opinion to Glover Teixeira. Because, one, like you said, he's he's a good wrestler. People kind of discount that. Um, but he's a good wrestler, um, which, you know, with considering how great he is at jiu-jitsu, his wrestling is dangerous for jiu-jitsu because he wrestles you for the jiu-jitsu endgame. Okay, all he needs is to put you on your on the floor. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's you know once he gets that, the jujitsu takes over. It's game over. But something that I that um, I think sometimes we forget is Glover Teixeira's Muay Thai. His clinch mm-hmm. is good, dude. And listen, he can mix it up in the clinch. He can uh, on the break. He can throw some nasty elbows and knees. Um, and Yuri Prohachka. His game is, like you said, he's very strong in the striking, but he's good at striking from a distance. He's a kickboxer. Let's be honest about it. He's a kickboxer. If Glover Teixeira is in his face and puts him up against the cage, I I don't see things going well for Yuri Prohodzka. Mm. I see this a lot like the, um, the Joe Selecki fight, where you have one guy who can end it at any minute and you have another guy who is just more skilled Mm. everywhere. Like Glover is more skilled as a striker, but Yuri has a higher probability of ending it with one strike. And that's what makes this fight so interesting to me. I gotta say, Jeff, I'm leaning towards Glover. I'm not I'm not the making picks guy. But every scenario where I play this out in my head, Glover has a game plan to deal with Yuri. He gets Yuri to the ground, and if he gets Yuri to the ground, he's in trouble. Like we've seen the holes in Yuri's ground game. Like, he's training out in the mountains. He's, like, drinking water out of a creek and doing all this crazy shit and yelling at the sky. And and he's a phenomenal striker, but he's not, like... We never see him in a room with high-level grapplers. Like, where's he getting his grappling? And that's why I'm leaning towards the champ. I When I played out in my head... You know, the first eight times I see Yuri knocking Glover out, but I don't see it going that way. I see Glover's experience and his skill set just overwhelming Yuri. Um, where are you at with the Jeff? Yeah, I think I'm I'm leaning more towards Glover to share, man. I feel like Yuri Prohachka, he's good on in one dimension whereas Glover is good in multiple dimensions. Mm. Yeah. I I think we're on the same page and, yeah. and hope hopefully we maybe get an opportunity to watch us together. Um Mark asked what I've been sipping on. I cracked a bottle tonight. It's Knob Creek and I'm covering up the year because I really enjoy this bottle. So if you want to do some research and you can see that it's Knob Creek and you see that the label is blue, you can figure it out. But I really enjoy this whiskey. 
and I've talked about it on the podcast before, and then it jacked up in price by twenty bucks. I don't no, want to. You got to take into account inflation. Well, this was before Biden was in office, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> just jokes, just jokes. Calm down, people. Calm down. We're not against the president here. And um, but yeah, I I talked about this whiskey on the podcast, and then uh, it got ranked on a particular website. Uh, that dictates like whiskey prices and then it jumped up like 20 bucks so it's knob creek it's got a blue label if you really want to seek it out you'll be able to find it but it's one of my favorite whiskeys and um it just keeps jumping up in price and uh it's not fair jeff damn right bill this is why we can't have nice things yeah Joe Biden's like, come on, Knob Cray, not kidding around, no joke. It's going up in price. Oh, How, man. How's my Joe Biden, Jeff? It's not bad, Bill. Bill, I am a big fan of your impressions. I, I <laughs> I've been working on it a little bit. Come on, Knob Cray, <laughs> good whiskey. They aged a long time. <laughs> Not kidding around. Yeah, you're just you're you're still too coherent, Bill. I need you to slur your words a little more. Well, maybe I need a little bit more Knob Creek. Come on, a little more Knob Creek. I sound more like Joe Biden. Uh, <laughs> I'm working it out. I don't have it down yet, which. By the way, Jeff, I got to give a shout out to another podcast I've been into lately. It's called Fly on the Wall. And um, I don't know if you're into old school Saturday Night Live. Were you ever into Saturday Night Live as a kid, Jeff? No, I was a mad TV kid growing up. Uh, okay, I got you. But this podcast, uh, Fly on the Wall, it's hosted by Dana Carvey and David Spade. Oh, dude, I love Dana Carvey. He's uh, he's from Wayne's World. Yeah, absolutely. And Dana Carvey is probably... I would it say was, he's my favorite Saturday Night Live cast member of all time. He was Garth. He was Garth. He was... Uh, he was Garth Algar. He was George Bush. He was Ross Perot. He was the church lady. He was... He did the Hans and Franz sketch. Um, he did so many memorable characters on that show. I think he did like 180 shows Saturday Night Live. Um, it's great to just hear him talk again. And David Spade is great too. Like yeah. he's he's I I would use the word comedy legend with David Spade. Like he's more of a subtle like supporting character in a lot of things, you know, Tommy boy, of course is a classic. Uh, I actually loved his new Netflix movie, the wrong Missy. I don't know mm. if you've seen that Jeff. It's on my list, but I haven't watched it yet. It, it's, it's real. It's a funny movie. It's really well done. 
it's probably the best movie with David Spade as the lead. Um, no Joe Dirt for you, Bill. Joe Dirt was good. What was the one, the Disney movie where he played the llama or something? The hell are you the em- about? Oh, the Emperor's oh, New Groove. The Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, David okay. Spade did the voice for the Emperor in that. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I'd say The Wrong Missy probably his best lead role. Uh, that was a great movie on Netflix. Um, but the guests that get on this show, Jeff, is is like no other podcasts are getting these guests. They get like Tom Hanks, Ben Stiller, Adam oh, Sandler, uh, Bill Hader. Like people you don't hear talking in long form a lot. Yeah. And I really enjoy them, especially because I've been going for walks a lot at night, Jeff. Just because I'm old and I can't do cardio anymore. So I've heard walking is really good for you. So I'll throw the headphones on. And I'll I'll walk like two or three miles at night and, and just throw one of these fly on the wall podcasts on. And it's been really entertaining for me because I grew up watching Saturday Night Live. I love Dana Carvey. Um, I, I'm a fan of David Spade as well. Um, they're, they're still new to it. They've only done like 10 or 12 episodes or so. So they kind of talk over each other and like do like rookie podcast mistakes. But the guests they get and the stories that they get out of them are so incredible. Um, they had John Hamm on there. They had Mike Myers on there. Um, Mike Myers was a really great episode. They got a lot of great stuff out of him. They dude, had Chris- everything he does is great. Come on, dude. He's the only. He's like my favorite Canadian. <laughs> we'll put some at the top of a short list. I'm sure. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, Chris Rock was on there, and that one was phenomenal. That one really opened my eyes because Chris Rock talked about like his childhood and getting bullied. And I, I don't want to ruin it. You really have to listen to it. But um, the things he talked about made me hate Will Smith so much more for that incident at the Oscars. Just because he talked about like all the trauma he went through as a kid and getting bullied and stuff. And here comes fucking six foot two, 240 pound Will Smith walking up the stage and smacking five foot eight, 145 pound Chris Rock. Um, My my blood's boiling a little bit just thinking about it. Like, I'd actually really love to fight Will Smith, I think. Eh, Bill, I think you could take him. I mean, I'm sure Jada Smith has already done a number on him. Oh shit! They have an episode with Rob Lowe. I love Rob Lowe. Oh yeah, that Bill, was he that was, was the really bad guy. Thing. He was the bad guy of the first Wayne's World movie. That's right, and he was also in Tommy Boy. Tina Fey, Conan O'Brien. They were all. I I listened to every single episode, and I love that show, Jeff. Dude, Johnny Knoxville's a guest. Holy oh, shit. the Johnny Knoxville one was so good too. Um, they so they're not good at interviewing interviewing people but they're also good at interviewing people if that makes sense like they talk over each other a bunch like they're still feeling it out it was like kind of kind of like us you know how we got so drunk on the first episode that it was like you can't even find it on the internet yeah 
That was bad. And dope. and for the record, I don't even know why that is. I don't know why the first. I think it's the first three episodes are not available anywhere of MMA on the Rocks, and I don't know why. It was right around UFC 200 that we started it. And now we're on UFC 275. So let's look at the rest of this card real quick, Jeff. Valentina Shevchenko is going to defend her flyweight championship against Talia Santos. I don't see any other way that goes. Do you? Nope. Uh, Wiley Zhang in a rematch against Yuana Janjic. This time it's going to be three rounds. Uh, One of the most classic female MMA fights of all time. One of the most classic MMA fights of all time, period. Yeah. was the first fight between these two. It was close, but, you know, Yuana's face was the story after that one. Um, how do you see the rematch going? Because Yuana hasn't fought in, like, three years. Yeah, she hasn't fought since that fight. Um, mm. And, I, Bill, if you haven't, I strongly recommend you watch the UFC countdown for this. I think they do a great job of getting into everybody's stories. I think I feel like everybody's story is captivating. Even Tyler Santos, uh, like she's a she's a mom, and you know she's talking about fighting for her family and stuff. Uh, but anyway, um, dude, Ian Jacek, she's been busy, you know, kind of living life, and she kind of she talks about it in the episode too that she needed like a mental break. Which, Bill, I think everybody can relate to that. So, Bill, I'll be honest with you. I think it goes a little differently this time. I think Joanna, without the pressure of, um, of you know, having to defend that championship fight after fight and not having fought in two years, but she said that she was still training. We'll see how true that was. But I feel like this fight might be a little different. I feel like Joanna, you know, maybe she's had a chance to kind of reflect and get her head on straight, um, you know, and Wiley Shang has also evolved as well as a fighter. She's mm-hmm. definitely grown as a fighter in there. Um, I'm really excited for this one. My heart says Joanna and Jacek, but my head says, I don't know, it's anybody's fight. Yeah, it's hard to say because a lot of Joanna's presence on social media has been her like enjoying life, having drinks, going to the beach. Showing off her new boobs. Showing off her new boobs, which, you know, could affects her weight cut. I don't know. Well, I'm not and complaining, that, though. I mean, they, they did a good job. All right? Let's just say that. Uh, she's a very attractive woman. Um, but, you know, social media doesn't tell the whole story about what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. She could have been training really hard, and then she goes out to the beach one day, does a whole photo shoot, and then that's what she puts on her Instagram and, like, you know, 10 different bathing suits and she posts them. Uh, Or she's just totally enjoying the fruits of her success, which she deserves. And she hasn't been training as hard. That's a possibility as well. We're going to have to find out on Saturday. Rogerio Bontarine against Manel Cape. Uh, Jack Madalena against Ramazan Amid. Brendan Allen against Jay... Jacob Malkoon. I'm just going to breeze over the rest of this, Jeff. Tell me what stands out. Sung Woo Choi against Joshua Kulibau. Uh, Masha Shate. Maha Shate. Hyacir against Steve Garcia. Sorry, I'm not familiar with that fighter's name. Andre Fialo against Jake Matthews. I think that's a really fun welterweight matchup. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that one. 
um, bound to be a grappler's delight. Uh, Kyung Ho Kang against Bat Jarel Dana. Na Liang against Silvana Gomez Juarez. And Romana Pascal against Jocelyn Edwards. Uh, what's sticking out to you, Jeff? Um, Bill, I'm, I like the Andre Fialio versus Jake Matthews fight. And I really like Brendan Allen versus Jacob Malcoon. I feel like that has either knockout of the night or fight of the night potential. All right. So you're going with that as your sleeper pick? Yeah, you know what, but I think I will pick that one as my sleeper pick for this card. All right, then I'm going to take uh, Andre Fialo and Jake Matthews. I don't think it's going to be like a real crowd pleaser, but I think I'm going to enjoy it. So there's that. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, like you said, that's going to be a good grapple fest, which the fans won't enjoy, but hey, we will. Whatever. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, That's that. Uh, I'll be in New York on Wednesday. Um, anything else you want to get off your chest here? Yeah, Bill, just once again, happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday to baby Emily. Happy first birthday. And congrats to Lisa and Dave. Um, so, Bill, that's all I got for you. Yeah. Well, again, a happy birthday to Mrs. Wilson. Uh, happy birthday to my niece, Emily. Um, I, I, I'm excited. Uh, I know Ariana is excited to go celebrate her cousin's birthday. She keeps calling Emily her sister. That is adorable. <laughs> yeah, it's so cute. When they FaceTime with each other, she's like, that's my sister, Emily. And I have to tell her, like, no, that's your cousin. Um. You know, because in Florida, it's very often the same thing. <laughs> oh, shit. But oh, man. Not, not in my family's case. Oh, man. Bill, I got a funny story to tell you about my dad's side of the family, but we'll leave that for after the show. All right. Let's talk about that off air. Um, <laughs> if you enjoy the show and... You know, if you've made it to the end of the show, you obviously enjoy the show. So why not buy some merchandise? Uh, our friends at Team Reaper, reaper1.co is the website. They carry our T-shirts, tank tops, and sweatshirts. Uh, you can purchase them through there. You can use the promo code MMAROCKS10. That's M-M-A-R-O-C-K-S-1-0. For those of you who are, uh, you know, have a little difficulty spelling. And save yourself 10% on your entire order, whether you order our merchandise or not. Um, of course, we love if you support the show, but you can also support some local fighters, some Bellator fighters, some UFC fighters that Team Reaper supports. Uh, buy whatever you want and uh, use the promo code. Save some cash. Uh, I see uh, I see Jeff is wearing his uh, In Henzo We Trust t-shirt. Uh, not not made by Team Reaper, unfortunately. But but you bought that from uh, Hensel Gracie Fort Lee, no? Yeah, where we that's where we met, Jeff. It is, it is. Shout out to Alan Teo and Hensel Gracie Fort Lee, um, where would I would call it like the middle of my grappling career, I guess. I started at an MMA gym, and you know. 
had my fight experience before I got there and then put on a gi for the first time at Henzo Gracie Fort Lee. So I owe a huge, um, huge debt of gratitude to uh, Alan Teo and, and Henzo Gracie Fort Lee and all the uh, instructors there uh, for, I guess, the grappling prowess I now have where I like teach classes in it and stuff. Anyway, you can buy some merchandise, you know, or not, whatever. We still appreciate you listening up to this point. And uh, that's all we got for this week. Unless uh, unless you have anything else, Jeff. That's all I got for you, Bill. Well, until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.